Domini Patris, et Filii, et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Grant us peace, O Lord, in our days, for there is no other who will fight for us, save but you, our God. Thank you for listening for, to another episode of Memento Traditionis podcast. On this episode, I will be reading from St. Pius X's syllabus condemning the errors of the modernists, which by Latin is called Lamentabili Sane. July 3rd, 1907. With truly lamentable results, our age, casting aside all restraint in its search for the ultimate causes of things, frequently pursues novelties so ardently that it rejects the legacy of the human race. Thus it falls into very serious errors, which are even more serious when they concern sacred authority, the interpretation of sacred scripture, and the principal mysteries of faith. The fact that many Catholic writers also go beyond the limits determined by the Fathers and the Church herself is extremely regrettable. In the name of higher knowledge and historical research, they say, they are looking for that progress of dogmas which is, in reality, nothing but the corruption of dogmas. Those errors are being daily spread among the faithful. Lest they captivate the faithful's minds and corrupt the purity of their faith, His Holiness Pius X by divine providence Pope has decided that the chief errors should be noted and condemned by the office of this Holy Roman and Universal Inquisition. Therefore, after a very diligent investigation and consultation with the reverend consultors, the most eminent and reverend Lord Cardinals, the general inquisitors in matters of faith and morals, have judged the following propositions to be condemned and prescribed. In fact, by this general decree, they are condemned and prescribed. And I'll just make a note here that prescribed means it is forbidden by law, the law of the church. The following propositions are hereby condemned and prescribed. Number one, the ecclesiastical law which prescribes that books concerning the divine scriptures are subject to previous examinations does not apply to critical scholars and students of scientific exegesis of the Old Testament and New Testament. This is condemned and prescribed. Number two, the Church's interpretation of the sacred books is by no means to be rejected. Nevertheless, it is subject to the more accurate judgment and correction of the exegetes. This is condemned and prescribed. Number three, from the ecclesiastical judgments and censures passed against free and more scientific exegesis, one can conclude that the faith the Church proposes contradicts history and that Catholic teaching cannot really be reconciled with the true origins of the Christian religion. This is condemned and prescribed. Number four. Even by dogmatic definitions, the Church's magisterium cannot determine the genuine sense of the sacred scriptures. This is condemned and prescribed. Number five. Since the deposit of faith contains only revealed truths, the Church has no right to pass judgment on the assertions of the human sciences. This is condemned and prescribed. Number six, the, quote, church learning and the, quote, church teaching collaborate in such a way in defining truths that it only remains for the church teaching to sanction the opinions of the church learning. This is condemned and prescribed. In prescribing errors, the church cannot demand any internal assent 
from the faithful by which the judgments she issues are to be embraced. This is condemned and prescribed. They are free from all blame who treat lightly the condemnations passed by the sacred congregation of the index or by the Roman congregations. This is condemned and prescribed. They display excessive simplicity or ignorance who believe that God is really the author of the sacred scriptures. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 10. The inspiration of the books of the Old Testament consists in this. The Israelite writers handed down religious doctrines under a peculiar aspect, which was either little or not at all known to the Gentiles. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 11. Divine inspiration does not extend to all of sacred scripture, so that it renders its parts, each and every one, free from every error. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 12. If he wishes to imply himself usefully to biblical studies, the exegete must first put aside all preconceived opinions about the supernatural origin of sacred scripture and interpret it the same as any other merely human document. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 13. The evangelists themselves, as well as the Christians of the second and third generation, artificially arranged the evangelical parables. In such way, they explained the scanty fruit of the preaching of Christ among the Jews. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 14. In many narrations, the evangelists recorded not so much things that are true as things which, even though false, they judged to be more profitable for their readers. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 15. Until the time the canon was defined and constituted, the Gospels were increased by additions and corrections. Therefore, there remained in them only a faint and uncertain trace of the doctrine of Christ. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 16. The narrations of John are not properly history, but a mystical contemplation of the Gospel. The discourses contained in his Gospel are theological meditations, lacking historical truth concerning the mystery of salvation. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 17. The fourth gospel exaggerates miracles, not only in order that the extraordinary might stand out, but also in order that it might become more suitable for showing forth the work and glory of the word incarnate. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 18. John claims for himself the quality of witness concerning Christ, in reality, however, he is only a distinguished witness of the Christian life or of the life of Christ in the church at the close of the first century. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 19. Heterodox exegetes have expressed the true sense of the scriptures more faithfully than Catholic exegetes. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 20. Revelation could be nothing else than the consciousness man acquired of his relation to God. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 21. Revelation constituting the object of the Catholic faith was not completed with the apostles. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 22. The dogmas the church holds out as revealed are not truths which have fallen from heaven. They are interpretation of religious facts which the human mind has acquired by laborious effort. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 23. Opposition may act and actually does exist between the facts narrated in sacred scripture and the church's dogmas which rest on them. Thus the critic may reject as false facts the church holds as most certain. 
This is condemned and prescribed. Number 24. The exegete who constructs premises from which it follows that dogmas are historically false or doubtful is not to be reproved as long as he does not directly deny the dogmas themselves. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 25. The ascent of faith ultimately rests on a mass of probabilities. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 26. The dogmas of the faith are to be held only according to their practical sense, that is to say, as perceptive norms of conduct and not as norms of believing. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 27. The divinity of Jesus Christ is not proved from the Gospels. It is a dogma which the Christian conscience has derived from the notion of the Messiah. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 28. While he was exercising his ministry, Jesus did not speak with the object of teaching. He was the Messiah, nor did his miracles tend to prove it. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 29. It is permissible to grant that the Christ of history is far inferior to the Christ who is the object of faith. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 30. In all the evangelical texts, the name Son of God is equivalent only to that of Messiah. It does not in the least way signify that Christ is the true and natural Son of God. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 31. The doctrine concerning Christ taught by Paul, John, and the councils of Nicaea, Ephesus, and Chalcedon is not that which Jesus taught, but that which the Christian conscience conceived concerning Jesus. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 32. It is impossible to reconcile the natural sense of the gospel texts which the sen with the sense taught by our theologians concerning the conscience and the infallible knowledge of Jesus Christ. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 33. Everyone who is not led by preconceived opinions can readily see that either Jesus professed an error concerning the immediate messianic coming or the greater part of his doctrine is contained in the Gospels is destitute of authenticity. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 34. The critics can ascribe to Christ a knowledge without limits only on a hypothesis which cannot be historically conceived and which is repugnant to the moral sense. That hypothesis is that Christ as man possessed the knowledge of God and yet was unwilling to communicate the knowledge of a great many things to his disciples and posterity. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 35. Christ did not always possess the consciousness of his messianic dignity. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 36. The resurrection of the Savior is not properly a fact of the historical order. It is a fact of merely the supernatural order, neither demonstrated nor demonstrable, which the Christian conscience gradually derived from other facts. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 37. In the beginning, faith in the resurrection of Christ was not so much in the fact itself of the resurrection as in the immortal life of Christ with God. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 38. The doctrine of the expiatory death of Christ is Pauline and not evangelical. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 39. The opinions concerning the origin of the sacraments, which the fathers of Trent held, and which certainly influenced their dogmatic canons, are very different 
from those which now rightly exist among historians who examine Christianity. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 40. The sacraments had their origin in the fact that the apostles and their successors swayed and moved by circumstances and events interpreted some idea and intention of Christ. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 41. The sacraments are intended merely to recall to man's mind the ever-beneficial presence of the Creator. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 42. The Christian community imposed the necessity of baptism, adopted it as a necessary rite, and added it to the obligation of the Christian profession. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 43. The practice of administering baptism to infants was a disciplinary evolution, which became one of the causes why the sacraments was divided into two, namely baptism and penance. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 44. There is nothing to prove that the rite of the sacrament of confirmation was employed by the apostles. The formal distinction of the two sacraments of baptism and confirmation does not pertain to the history of primitive Christianity. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 45. Not everything which Paul narrates concerning the institution of the Eucharist, 1 Corinthians 11, 23-25, is to be taken historically. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 46. In the primitive church, the concept of the Christian sinner reconciled by the authority of the church did not exist. Only very slowly did the church accustom herself to this concept. As a matter of fact, even after penance was recognized as an institution of the church, it was not called a sacrament, since it would have been held as a disgraceful sacrament. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 47. The words of the Lord, Receive ye the Holy Ghost, whose sins you shall forgive, they are forgiven them, and whose sins you shall retain, they are retained. John twenty twenty-two through 23 in no way refers to the sacrament of penance in spite of what it pleased the fathers of Trent to say. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 48. In his epistle, James did not intend to promulgate a sacrament of Christ, but only can commend a pious custom. If in this custom he happens to distinguish a means of grace, it is not in that rigorous manner in which it was taken by the theologians who laid down the notion in number of the sacraments. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 49. When the Christian supper gradually assumed the nature of a liturgical action, those who customarily presided over the supper acquired a sac the sacerdotal character. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 50. The elders who fulfilled the office of watching over the gatherings of the faithful were instituted by the apostles as priests or bishops to provide for the necessary ordering of the increasing communities and not properly for the perpetuation of the apostolic mission and power. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 51. It is impossible that matrimony could have become a sacrament of the new law until later in the church since it was necessary that a, the full theological explanation of the doctrine of grace in the sacraments should first take place before matrimony should be held as a sacrament. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 52. 
it was far from the mind of Christ to found a church as a society which would continue on earth for a long course of centuries. On the contrary, in the mind of Christ, the kingdom of heaven together with the end of the world was about to come immediately. This is condemned and prescribed. The organic constitution of the church is not immutable. Like human society, Christian society is subject to perpetual evolution. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 54. Dogmas, sacraments, and hierarchy, both their notion and reality, are only interpretations and evolutions of the Christian intelligence, which have increased and perfected by an external series of additions, the little germ latent in the gospel. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 55. Simon Peter never even suspected that Christ entrusted the primacy in the church to him. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 56. The Roman church became the head of all the churches, not through the ordinance of divine providence, but merely through political conditions. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 57. The church has shown that she is hostile to the progress of the natural and theological sciences. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 58. Truth is no more immutable than man himself, since it evolved with him, in him, and through him. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 59. Christ did not teach a determined body of doctrine applicable to all times and all men, but rather inaugurated a religious movement adapted or to be adapted to different times and places. This is condemned and prescribed. 60. Christian doctrine was originally Judaic. Through successive evolutions it became first Pauline, then Joannine, and finally Hellenic and Universal. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 61. It may be said without paradox that there is no chapter of Scripture from the first of Genesis to the last of the Apocalypse, which contains a doctrine absolutely identical with that which the Church teaches on the same matter. For the same reason, therefore, no chapter of Scripture has the same sense for the critic and the theologian. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 62. The chief articles of the Apostles' Creed did not have the same sense for the Christians of the first ages as they have for the Christians of our time. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 63. The Church shows that she is incapable of effectively maintaining evangelical ethics since she obstinately clings to immutable doctrines which cannot be reconciled with modern progress. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 64. Scientific progress demands that the concepts of Christian doctrine concerning God, creation, revelation, the person of the incarnate word, and redemption be readjusted. This is condemned and prescribed. Number 65. Modern Catholicism can be reconciled with true science only if it is transformed into a non-dogmatic Christianity, that is to say, into a broad and liberal Protestantism. This is condemned and prescribed. The following Thursday, the fourth day of the same month and year, all these matters were accurately reported to our Most Holy Lord, Pope Pius X, 
His Holiness approved and confirmed the decree of the Most Eminent Fathers and ordered that each and every one of the above-listed propositions be held by all as condemned and prescribed. Peter Palombelli, Notary of the Holy Roman and Universal Inquisition. Now before I sign off, I want to point out a few of the 65 propositions that were condemned and prescribed. Now, I think you can notice a lot of these are things that Protestants believe or liberals believe or modernists believe. And these were things that were seeping into the church in the early 1900s. And there are certainly Catholics, priests, perhaps even bishops, they believe these things as well. But I think there are a few particular that the church is suffering from. So I'm going to read a few of these. Now, of course, you may see different propositions here in different places where people are promoting them, but they are in fact condemned and prescribed. But a few I'm going to read now are particularly prevalent even among some conservative Catholics. So let's consider these following points. Number 19. Heterodox exegetes have expressed the true sense of the scriptures more faithfully than Catholic exegetes. What is this saying? This is saying that people that are not Catholics, people who are interpreting the scriptures, can somehow teach us something about the scriptures that Catholics cannot. This was condemned and prescribed. I'm sure we can learn something from Protestants or Orthodox. And to be honest, I don't think Orthodox fit into this category, but perhaps they do. Certainly uh, any atheist reading the Bible would fit into this category. But I would say that Protestants also fit into this category since they hold heterodox opinions. And so therefore, anything that they teach that is true, which I'm sure they do teach true things, is because it is in line with the Catholic truth. So we might be able to learn something from them, but why would we go to them? We shouldn't. We should go to Catholics because we can find the truths in Catholic exegetes and Catholics who are teaching the faith or who have taught the faith in the past. We have this whole 2,000-year history of the Catholic Church. We don't need to look anywhere else to find the truth. Number 22. The dogmas the Church holds out as revealed are not truths which have fallen from heaven. They are interpretations of religious facts which the human mind has acquired by laborious effort. This is suggesting that what the church teaches can somehow evolve. This was condemned and prescribed. Often the faith, the truths of the faith, the dogmas of the faith, the doctrines of the faith, what the church teaches has been described as the faith once revealed to the saints. In fact, the faith that we have is the faith that Jesus gave to the apostles, the teachings that he taught them. And everything that we know as the Catholic faith comes from them. It is not something we have created. It is not something that we have made up. It is not something we have innovated. It was once revealed to the saints. In fact, even the document from Vatican II says this. De Verbum says, 
God graciously arranged that the things he had once revealed for the salvation of all peoples should remain in their entirety throughout the ages and be transmitted to all generations. So we can see that the dogma that the church holds out as revealed are in fact truths which have fallen from heaven, truths that were taught the apostles by Christ himself. Number 54. Dogmas, sacraments, and hierarchy, both their notion and reality, are only interpretations and evolutions of the Christian intelligence which have increased and perfected by an external series of additions, the little germ latent in the gospel. This is totally false. The faith does not evolve. The sacraments do not evolve. The dogmas do not evolve. The hierarchy of the church does not evolve. Christ established his church, and the gates of hell will not prevail against it. It is the faith once revealed to the saints, and it is the same faith that we must have as well. Number 59. Christ did not teach a determined body of doctrine applicable to all times and all men, but rather inaugurated a religious movement adapted or to be adapted to different times and places. This is false. Christ did teach a determined body of doctrine applicable to all times and all men. And it is not meant to be adapted to different times and places. We may have to find ways to explain the same thing to different peoples in different times, but we are explaining the exact same thing, the same meaning. It is not something new something different that we have to change. In fact, we cannot change it. This is something that I think you'll see is common today, even amongst conservative Catholics. Yet, we must realize that the faith does not evolve. The church does not evolve. The faith that we have is the same faith of our fathers before us in every age, at all times. And we cannot abandon it. We must pass on what has been given to us and not what we ourselves think to add to it. Let us hold firm to the faith that was once revealed to the saints. In nomine Patris et Filii et Spiritus Sancti. Amen. Amen.